الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كل امتي يدخلون الجنه الا من ابى قيل ومن يابى يا رسول الله قال من اطاعني دخل الجنه ومن عصاني فقد ابى او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله الكريم رضي الله عنه وان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم was in the masjid and he wanted to commence the khutbah saying addressing the sahaba some had probably just come in at that time and they were still standing on the sides so in order to settle everybody down we slowly addressed those who were standing on the sides towards the back and said to them sit down So when he said this at that time Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala anhu he was still outside the masjid still coming and he was still not anywhere close to the door of the masjid he was still a way out and at that point he heard this instruction it sat down so as soon as this voice came into his ears he immediately sat there and there so nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam after a while saw him there and he called him and he said you come inside i didn't mean and refer to you 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 were still outside you may come in abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu ta'ala an was not somebody who did not understand in fact he had such a deep understanding that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam endorsed his understanding when one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that raditu li ummati ma radiya laha ibn ummi abdin that what abdullah bin mas'ud radiyallahu an what he is happy with that this is in order i am also happy with that in other words he will not be happy with something which i don't approve of his understanding is already of that caliber that he will only be happy with that which i am happy with so this was the depth of his understanding and this was the endorsement he received from nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam so surely he would have understood what is the reference to or who is referred to who is addressed with this command of sit down but when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam inquired from him he said it was not possible for abdullah to move any step forward when he has heard the voice of the nabi of allah taala that sit down it was now beyond me to take any step further without complying with the instruction what we learn from this is that the sahaba ikram what was their mindset what was their outlook they 
looked at things in a very different way compared to how we look at it. How we look at it is that we first subject everything to our logic. We first subject everything to our understanding. And if it doesn't seem to fit in with what we want or how we would like it to be or how we would feel that is perhaps convenient for us then there will be some way to try and find some loophole, some way to get around it, some way to try and make it compatible to what we want. And the Sahaba Kiram on the other hand, that they put their entire understanding, logic, etc., everything aside, when it was the clear command of Nabi Wasallam, that is what had to be done. My logic, my understanding, everything else one side. Allah's Nabi has said something, that is it. And this is something you find throughout the lives of the Sahaba Ikram, every one of them possesses this. That they were not swayed by what is the norm, what is the custom, what is the thing that is in vogue, what is the fashion of the time, what are people interested in, nothing of the sort. What did Nabi Islam advise? What did he do? What did he instruct and command? That is it. For Huzaifa bin Yaman radiallahu he is in the court of Kisra and he has come for some dialogue and before that some food is presented to him. So one morsel falls off his hand and falls onto the floor. So he immediately goes to pick it up. So somebody sitting next to him says to him that this is not the thing that these people are accustomed to. Their custom and norm is different. Their way is something else. Something falls on the floor that must be discarded. Something falls on the floor that is not to be picked up at all. Uh, he's sitting in a place where the, everybody is of a different mindset. Everybody has a different culture. Everybody has a different norm here. And he's being advised also that you follow this culture now. You stick to this as the, the whatever is happening here, you flow with the tide. So what is his response? His response is, should I leave the sunnah of my Nabi Wasallam for these fools? What my Nabi Wasallam has taught, that will be forever with me, wherever I am. Whoever may be doing something else, whatever their customs may be, whatever their culture may be, whatever their way of life may be, that will not alter what I have to do. And what I will do is what Nabi Wasallam has taught. Usman on the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, he is sent by Nabi to negotiate with the Quraysh. So when he comes, so he stays overnight and the next morning his cousin takes him because it was now a very tense situation so others couldn't come. He just came to negotiate because Nabi was being stopped from entering Makkah Mukarramah. He had come for Umrah and the Quraysh now had become a obstacle, they weren't allowing them to enter. Nabi Islam was trying to avoid any kind of fight, any kind of war. So in any case he said that Usman to come and negotiate. So the next day he comes and when he is now going towards the Quraysh to go and discuss with them, so his cousin who was his host, 
He says to him, you see, you're going to discuss with those very, very high class people now. And these Quraysh, they have their own custom too. How you have your lower garment presently, that it is way above the ankle, this is something that they look down upon. They always have their garments hanging below their ankles. So you also lower your garment so that it doesn't become a scene now that they looking down upon you, it might uh, cause some problem, it might not be positive for the negotiation. So what does Osman Adilano's spontaneous response? One is, person sits and thinks about something and then he ponders about it and then he now thinks, okay, rather let me say it like this. But something that is spontaneous really reflects what is in the heart. Something that is spontaneous, there is no pretense in it. The spontaneous response is La ha kaza izratu sahibina sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They don't talk to me about changing this. This is how it is. The Prophet had kept his lower garment like this above his ankle. This is how I will keep mine. All the other logic and whatever the negotiations and who might look down upon it and all the other issues, leave it aside. Don't bring that into the discussion because it's not going to make any difference to me. The way of life of my Nabi Wasallam is like this, this is how I will keep it. A spontaneous response. Hazrat Ibn Amir he is coming to also negotiate with Kisra. So now when they come outside the door of the court of Kisra, so he's wearing his simple garments and they had come journeying through the desert so it might have been not that clean either. So now when he comes to the door of the court, he says, we have been called, we have been called to come and talk to Kisra. He has called for us. So the person at the door, the guard, he says, look, you can't enter like this. This is not the way you can enter this court. You to enter this court, you'll have to wear these Roman robes. He brings some Roman robes and comes. You wear this, then you enter. So he said, I have to wear this to enter. If I have to wear this to enter, I got no need to talk to Kisra. He may do what he wants. Be going. So as they turn to leave, somebody sent a message inside that these are very strange people. These people who have come are very strange people. They don't want to enter or they don't want to accept these Roman robes to enter the court. They say if they enter, they'll enter in their own simple garments. So in any case, while this was happening, Hazrat Ibn Amir he was busy just tying some so to say, patches onto his sword. The sword at various points had been sort of chipped. So he was tying some things around those chips to sort of even it out. So now as he's tying this, this person who is waiting outside, waiting for the response of Kisra now, he says to him, you've come to conquer Iran with this sword. This is a sword you're tying strings around to even out the places that it is chipped. With this chipped sword, you're going to conquer Iran? You're going to conquer Rome? So, Rabbi Ibn Amir he says that you have seen the sword, you haven't seen the hand behind the sword. So, you're going to see the hand behind the sword, you bring your strongest shield and come. And we'll show you the hand behind the sword. So they bring the most, the strongest shield that they had. 
and one person holds that shield and with a chip sword he hits it with such force that it breaks that shield he says you saw the sword now you saw the hand behind the sword but this was what was the power here the power was the power that came from the ittiba of Rasulullah this power was the power of the obedience to Allah Ta'ala and Nabi and this is what brought respect and honor this is what brought that awe in the hearts of those who had no belief in Allah Ta'ala that Hazrat Umar Farooq he is lying on the sand of the masjid and this mighty person that comes from far away who comes to talk to Umar on the level of a government delegation he comes and he is overawed when he sees the simple person he is looking for Umar the person brings him he says no this is him he is overawed just seeing this person lying on the sand but what was this awe where it came from this awe came from that same what was inside the heart as Umar was on his way to conquer Baytul Maqdis the same type of thing happened he was advised by his own generals that rather change these garments of yours and instead of this very simple animal, this mule that you are riding ride a good horse and he became very upset and he said to the sahabi who said it to him that I wish somebody else beside you, you are such a high ranking person I wish somebody else beside you had said it you didn't say this and had somebody else said it I would have made him an example and then he said that Allah Ta'ala gave us izzat a'azzanallahu bil islam Allah Ta'ala gave us izzat and respect with islam but Islam, just by accepting Islam, no, by accepting Islam and living Islam. By accepting Islam and living what Allah Ta'ala wanted us to do. And the way of Rasulullah this whole code of life. Allah Ta'ala gave us izzat and honor by means of Islam. And if we ever try to seek this honor and respect in anything but Islam, but Islam, not only the religion of Islam in its, as a religion somewhere else a person goes. No, no. Even the practices of Islam. That a person now puts the practices of Islam behind him and he chooses and selects in certain aspects of life also. The ways of those who are the enemies of Allah Ta'ala, the ways of the Yahud, the ways of the Nasara, whether that be in his personal life, whether it be in his functions, his weddings, though he's a Muslim, Alhamdulillah, that is Allah Ta'ala's fazl and grace, he has Iman, he has Islam, but not in entirety. And Allah Ta'ala wants us to have Islam in entirety. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanud khulu fissilmi kaffa. No, you believe, enter into Islam totally, not partly, not one leg in and one leg out. That in the terms of ibadat, if it's salah time, my foot is inside, then I'll be in the masjid. And if it is my own personal time, then my foot is outside of Islam. Then I'll look at what I want to look at. I'll go where I want to go. I'll dress as I want to dress. I'll conduct my life in the way I want to conduct it. If it is something to do with a funeral maybe, then maybe I'll be, my foot will be inside Islam. But if it has to do anything with a wedding, then my foot will both feet will be outside Islam. Then I'll do as I wish. Then I will do whatever I think might be the thing that will impress society might bring the praises of people so now this is far away from what Allah Ta'ala wants from us 
of entering Islam completely, entirely. Ya kafa. That enter into Islam totally. And a person who is 50-50 kind of situation, Allah Ta'ala warns about that in the words, وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ shaitan. That if this is not going to be the case, that you're going to enter Islam totally, then you're going to be following the footsteps of shaitan. So don't do that. وَلَا تَتَّبِعُوا خُطُوَاتِ shaitan. He's your arch enemy, open enemy. So all these incidents of the Sahaba Ikram, this highlights this lesson of total adherence to the way of Rasulullah total obedience not just in selected aspects, not just in certain things that suit us, but everything, whether it is something that we feel very comfortable about, often that is the question that is it sunnah to eat something sweet first or something sweet after, and some say I think it's sunnah both times. So that somehow you can just cover up both ways. One person asks Mufti Mahmoud that is it sunnah to eat something sweet first or something sweet in the end? So mashallah he was somebody who as we, it is normally said in a very sort of in a light manner, in an accommodating way that mashallah the person has a good appetite. What it actually means is obvious. So Harad knew him well. So any case when he asked the question that is it sweet to eat something before or sweet to eat something after, does it reply to him it's sunnah to eat less. <laughs> so it's sunnah to eat less. Nabi Wasallam often and most of the time there was only one thing available to eat whatever it was. There was no choice of before and after. Whatever it was that was it. So that was before that was it and after and everything. So the thing is that sometimes certain things which are very easy for us, what we feel is very comfortable for us, then we are very eager to go into the depths of it. That depth which others also didn't get research, we want to get to that depth. But the rest of it, the rest of it, this is something by the way, this is something that life will carry on without it also. Whereas the sunnah of Rasulullah is not something that is just by the way. While this is definitely the correct thing, that a sunnat is not farz. A sunnat is sunnat, it's not farz. A sunnat is not wajib, it's sunnat. These are categories that are established in shariat. And the reason for these categories is that there are certain things which are on an obligation level, a person, there's no compromise on that at all. But this does not mean that this is something to be discarded. Because even the sunnah, the person omits a sunnah deliberately, without any reason, just carelessly, there is no reason for him to be something that's well within his capacity, etc. And he's not interested. And in fact, some sunnahs are such that it is just clear cut, it's just stated directly that these are the consequences of omitting the sunnah. For example, a person sits down to eat, uh, it is sunnah to recite Bismillah. It's not farz, it's not wajib. It's sunnah, any mufti in the world will say it's sunnah. But what is the consequence of not fulfilling the sunnah? Nabi Islam says that a person who sits down to eat and does not recite Bismillah. This Bismillah is just one statement in the name of Allah. But when a person does it consciously, there's a complete acknowledgement behind this. There's 
the requirement of sugar already included in this. That in this one morsel of food, the whole qudrat of Allah Ta'ala is being manifested. Allah Ta'ala's qudrat and His power is being manifested in this one morsel of food that I'm going to be putting into my mouth. That in this one morsel that I've gathered in my hand now, how many things are in this one morsel? Sometimes there's some grains of rice in there. That rice might have come from which country? Come from somewhere Thailand or somewhere else in the east. And there's some other vegetables or whatever it is that has come from some other part of the world. And then that animal, that meat that is there, which land it grazed on? And the implements that ploughed that land came from some other part of the world. And in this way you count all the things that go around it, though it seems like this is one morsel of food, to bring this one morsel there have been thousands of people that have worked in different parts of the world, the people that worked the fields, the people that made the implements that worked the field, and the people that transported it, and the people that packed it somewhere, and the people that carried it, and sold it, and bought it, and whatever else. There's hundreds, in fact thousands of people's efforts that have gone into it, and then the direct, the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that came via the heat and the rays of the sun, and the light of the moon, and the rain that Allah Ta'ala showered down, and all these things came together and brought this one morsel into our hand. And by saying Bismillah in the name of Allah Ta'ala I eat this. This is an acknowledgement that this was not in my capacity. This was not within my means to be able to do this. If just Allah Ta'ala holds the reins back only, just the reins get held back, and gets held back for a period of time, and there's a drought, and now extended drought, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, some little signs of that we just get and we know what the end result of it is, then what happens? This whole thing comes to a standstill. Everything comes to a standstill. Now the animals are, there's no feed for the animals, so that's over. There's no crops growing, so that's over. So what's left? There's nothing growing from the ground. And there's no animals available. So now a person realizes that what is Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat? How much of it has been manifested in this one morsel of food? Now a person can have a whole vault full of all the notes, but he can't buy anything. He's not available. He can have it filled with gold, a whole valley full of gold, but he's not available. He can't buy anything. All that is of no use to him now. That gold and those diamonds and that notes not going to fill his hunger. So Allah Ta'ala manifests this Qudra sometimes. So now this we are talking about that a person saying Bismillah before eating. He's acknowledging that this is the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala that has brought this morsel of food to me. It's only Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. And therefore I have to be grateful to Allah Ta'ala. I acknowledge His, His grace on me that He has provided this. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala. And I eat now in His name. It's sunnah, sunnah to recite this Bismillah. But a person does not recite the Bismillah. He obits it. The Bismillah says that the shayateen call upon one another. They say to one another that here there's food available. Come, you may eat also. And the shayateen partake of that food with him. As a result, there's no barakat left in it. Once one, the Bismillah was eating with some sahaba and one child came. And he just tried to put his hand into the food. Nabi Sallallahu held his hand. And then he said, with his hand I was holding the hand of shaitan also. Because shaitan brought this child so that he'll eat without Bismillah and shaitan will get a chance also to 
participate now and partake. So this becomes the consequence of omitting the sunnah. Person entered his house, it is sunnah to recite Bismillah and close the door. He closed the door without Bismillah. Nabi Islam says that the shayateen call upon one another and say, Wajatumul Mabit that you got accommodation also today. You can come into this house. This house, the door was closed without Bismillah. Now reciting Bismillah and closing the door, this is something that is sunnah. Nobody will say it's farz or wajib. But omitting that sunnah, this is the consequence. That now it brings the shayateen. And now the shayateen are inhabiting the place. So where is going to be sukoon? Where is going to be that peace that we are looking for? But then the other lesson to take from this is that these are the consequences of omitting sunnat. In that home, the door was closed without bismillah, it invited the shayateen. What about that home where the farais are trampled? What about that home where time of salah comes and people upon whom salah is farz now, that time went past and they didn't make their salah. That home became a home that was housing people who omitted their farz salah. They just let the time go by. So if closing the door without Bismillah brought this consequence that the shayateen, this became accommodation for the shayateen and the barakat left, then when first salah is being omitted in that home, what barakat is going to stay in there? When the salah is becoming qaza, then what sukoon is going to be in that house? Where is there going to be that muhabbat and bond between the people of the house? Then small and trivial things will become the excuses. So, every fard, obviously there is no question about missing it. Even the sunnahs of Rasulullah every sunnah has tremendous noor in it. Tremendous barakat in it. And it brings every kind of good in a person's life. And it brings that peace, that happiness, that serenity. But where will this enthusiasm for bringing the sunnah alive in our lives come from? In the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Nabi Islam says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed in the way of life of Rasulullah wasallam, there is a most excellent example. The example is there. But who will benefit from this example? Like the food is laid out, but now somebody says, I don't want to eat. He's not going to eat. He says, no, I'm full. So it doesn't mean that the food is there, so every person will benefit out of that food. Some will eat, some won't eat. Now who's going to eat? The person who has that hunger for that food. So likewise, this perfect example of Rasulullah this was always there. Abu Jahl also saw that perfect example. Abu Lahab also saw that perfect example. But they remained as hungry as ever. And who benefited from it? Allah Ta'ala says, those who benefit are those لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ The person who has yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala and he has hope in gaining the mercy and the blessings of Allah Ta'ala that if I adopt the way of Rasulullah Wasallam, then Allah Ta'ala will become pleased with me I need to please Allah Ta'ala so now he has this in his heart that I need to earn the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and this is the way of it. And he has this hope of reward from Allah Ta'ala. He's not just doing something that 
well, fine now we have to do something, so we have to do it. No, this ihtisab. The month of Ramadan is with us almost. And all the ibadat of Ramadan has been qualified with this. Man sama Ramadana imanan wahtisaban. Ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min zambi. The one who fasts the month of Ramadan with iman, with yaqeen. This will earn the love of Allah Ta'ala. It will earn the blessings of Allah Ta'ala. This is my Allah's command. Wahtisaban and with complete hope in reward. This is not just by the way. Allah Ta'ala's great ni'mats will come. Then he will get the end result of Ghufira lahu ma taqaddama min zambi. All his sins will get forgiven. So likewise, the person practicing on the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whether it is something to do with the sunnahs of eating, or the sunnahs of drinking, or the sunnahs of sleeping, or the sunnahs of dressing, or the sunnahs of how to conduct one's nikah, or the sunnahs of any other aspect of life, now he will adopt it who has this in his heart, deep down, that this is what is going to please Allah Ta'ala. This is what is going to earn the love of Allah Ta'ala. And well, Yawm Al-Akhir, and he has firm conviction on the day of Qiyamah as well. He knows I'm going to have to face Nabi Islam, come face to face with him on the day of Qiyamah. I'm going to want his shafat and intercession. I'm going to want his, want the water of Kawsar from his Mubarak hand. So now if I want that, this is the way that I need to follow his way. In everything of life, in all aspects, whether it is my social life, whether it is my private life, whether it is how I even apply my mind to things. And he remembers Allah Ta'ala abundantly. It's abundant dhikr. The dhikr will bring the love of Allah Ta'ala. And the love of Allah Ta'ala will want him to, will make him want to gain more of it. And he will realize the way more will come is only one way. Via the ittiba of Rasulullah Sallallahu So that person who has this conviction in the akhirat. That person who wants to adorn his akhirat. That person who wants to earn the love of Allah Ta'ala. He will be driven and he will be motivated towards the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu So this is the month of Ramadan that is already with us almost. One of the crucial things to acquire in this Mubarak month is this bond with Allah Ta'ala. And this bond with Allah Ta'ala comes via the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu It is not just some ibadat for that moment of time and then everything else is done with. No, the fasting, the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, the Taraweeh Salah, etc. All this goes without saying. All the extra ibadat, the nawafil, the tahajjud inshallah which a person will try and make and all the other good actions that he will do, all this is in his place. But the most important thing is a change in direction. A change in direction meaning that in every aspect of life that a person now brings his direction to the sunnah of Rasulullah That after Ramadan also this direction continues. That he continues in the way that Nabi Islam wants him to live. Then his life in Ramadan and his life after Ramadan will all be like Ramadan. So this is what we have to aspire for. This requires that we make dua for it also. We beg Allah Ta'ala's help. We sit and ponder and reflect. This is often what we don't do, sitting and reflecting. Where am I heading to? Where I should have been going to? Think about one one thing in my life. How am I conducting myself in this aspect of life? In my business, how am I conducting myself? My salah, what is the position of my salah? Am I performing it the way it's supposed to be performed? 
are the sunnahs of salah being fulfilled. This is also a very sad situation sometimes, that sometimes we are very conscious about certain other sunnahs which is very good in itself, mashallah. That a person is conscious about the sunnahs of maybe eating, of drinking. That in itself, mashallah, is excellent, that should be there. But the same person is sometimes very, very lax and not conscious at all about the sunnahs of salah itself. That is also sunnah. And salah, salah is the thing that takes a person closest to Allah Ta'ala. How much more important are the sunnahs of salah? So if you have to fulfill those sunnahs, which is obvious, how much more important it is to fulfill the sunnahs of salah? That a person is raising his hands correctly, he's tying it correctly, he's making his ruku correctly, in the correct manner, he's sajda correctly, he's reciting the Qur'an Sharif correctly. All the sunnahs of salah he's making an effort to fulfill. So this is the way that we need to go as our Hazrat world famous poem Naqshe Qadam Nabi ke hai Jannat ke raaste Allah se milate hai Sunnat ke raaste A person wants to go to Jannat follow the footsteps of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He wants to get connected to Allah Ta'ala there's only one way that is the way of the Sunnat Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq and make us the true lovers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and make us truly love his Mubarak way of life and adhere to it as well. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين. ഹല <laughs> ഇല്ല <laughs> 
اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جز الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذما إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف الميعاد اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك إله العالمي لها الله ومس مصف المزغريش مزغريشس مزغاين مزغاين الله Ya Allah, indeed, we are your most sinful servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are most ashamed of the sins we have committed, Ya Allah. We regret what we have done, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, but we are your servants alone, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever we are, we are bowing to you alone, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are not bowing to any tree, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, with your fazal and karam, we are not bowing to any idol, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have made your, placed our heads down before you alone, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, whatever we are, we are your servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive all of our mates. and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Allah forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our friends and relatives, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Show your rahmat of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, guide the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, guide us and the entire ummah to Sirat-e Mustaqeem, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us and the entire ummah from all the deviation, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us and the entire Ya Ummat from the traps of nafs shaitan Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah You guide us to that which pleases you all the time Ya Allah Ya Allah save us from every such action and deed Ya Allah that displeases you Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad Ya Allah Ya Allah save us from all the fitna and fasad Ya Allah Ilahul Alameen this Mubarak month that is approaching Ya Allah Ya Allah you keep us safe for the Mubarak month Ya Allah Allahumma sallimna li Ramadan wa sallim Ramadan lana wa sallimhu lana mutakabbala Ilahul Alameen Ya Allah you enable us to see the Mubarak Allah enable us to use the time correctly Allah enable us to earn your muhabbat Allah enable us to bond with you in this Mubarak month Allah enable us to make our entire life according to what you are pleased with Allah enable us to bring our entire life according to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ilahul alamin grant us the love of the sunnah Allah grant us the love of the sunnah Allah put the sunnah life into our lives Allah Allah save us from the ways of Yahud and Nasara Allah ilahul alamin make us the true lovers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah, let us love his day Ya Allah, let us love his night Ya Allah, let us love his waking Ya Allah, let us love his sleeping Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, whatever he did, let us love it Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin, give us a topic of following everything that he did Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah, you save us from the ways of Yahud and Nasara Ya Allah, save us from the traps of Nafs and Shaitan Ya Allah, Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah, you save us from all haram Ya Allah, save us from haram deeds Ya Allah, save us from haram words Ya Allah, Ya Allah, save us from looking at haram Ya Allah, save us from listening to Haram, Ya Allah. Ilahu Lalameen, our hearts are filled in filth, Ya Allah. Our eyes are filled in filth, Ya Allah. Our ears are filled in filth, Ya Allah. From head to toe, we are drowning in this filth of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahu Lalameen, you forgive us, Ya Allah. You purify us from this sin, Ya Allah. You purify us from this filth, Ya Allah. You fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Salah, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Zikr and Dua, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Follow our hearts with the love of the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you use us for the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Use us in our progeny till Qiyamah for the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. With Ikhlas and Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them Shifai Kamila, Ajila, Mustamira, Daima. Ya Allah, remove every taste of their illnesses, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, all those who are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant Barkat in each one's Rizq, Ya Allah. Grant us Halal and Tayyib Rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us Rizq which is filled with Barakah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from every drop and grain of Haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the Kalima La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Allah take us on iman kamil ya Allah take us on tawbah and nasuh ya Allah Allah take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah Allah save us from a bad death ya Allah Allah save us from a death in the condition of disobedience and sin ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah take us at a time that our heads are in sajda ya Allah that we are praising you ya Allah on our tongues are yearning ya Allah in our hearts are the yearning to meet you ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah save us from death in a bad condition ya Allah grant us khatma bil khair ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah Allah grant us the death of shahadat ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah make our qabr's gardens of jannah for us ya Allah Allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us jannah for those without any reckoning ya Allah Allah don't take us to task ya Allah Allah don't take us to account ya Allah there is nothing that we can present ya Allah Allah all that we have ya Allah Allah is only ill deeds ya Allah ilahul alamin is only insincerity ya Allah ilahul alamin is only all the evils ya Allah Allah, what can we present, Ya Allah? Ilahul Alam, it's only your grace that we can, can save us, Ya Allah. You shower your mercy upon us, Ya Allah. Shower your grace upon us, Ya Allah. Shower your maghfirat upon us, Ya Allah. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alam, in all those who have passed away, Ya Allah. From our families, from throughout the Ummah, Ya Allah. Fulfill, Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, raise their stages in the Akhirat, Ya Allah. Give them Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alam, Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them. Allah grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Remove all their pain, sorrow and grief, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You give happiness to their hearts, Ya Allah. Allah unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You fulfill all their pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Allah remove all their difficulties and 
and hardships, Ya Allah. And all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, you are the know of each one's heart, Ya Allah. You know each one's cry, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make each one your true ashik, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make each one your true servant, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make each one your true slave, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant each one the nisbat of the Uliya Siddiqeen, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make each one, Ya Allah, such a true servant of yours, Ya Allah, with whom you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant birthday in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant afiyat in each one's life, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all that good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri mista'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu rabbana taqabbal minna taqabbal minna تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين